Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is Forward Radio, WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 FM on your radio dial. And if you're interested in finding out more about our station, go to forwardradio.org, and there's information there. And we're live streaming now, so that means you can listen to us anywhere in the city, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Again, uh, uh, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and I'm K.A. Owens, and we're blessed and favored to have Chanel Helm here with us today. Say hello to the people, Chanel. Hello, everybody. So Chanel is a very well-known uh, 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 activist on a variety of issues here in Louisville. She's known from Black Lives Matter, but does other things as, as well. Uh, and so first, we're going to talk about the the draft document that came mm-hmm. out of the Supreme Court, the draft. Uh, uh, alluding to the fact that there may be big changes in whether or not women in the United States of America have the right uh, to control their own reproductive destiny, uh, the right to have, have an abortion, so on and so forth. And also... Uh, here in Louisville, uh, just on Wednesday, a variety of groups came together to actually uh, stand up for abortion rights, and Chanel was involved in organizing that event. So give us your take on what is going on, uh, Chanel. Again, welcome to our show. Yeah, thank you. Um, The issue with abortion seems very simple, but I think Um, It's a very complicated one dealing with several pieces of conflict. Um, And I've been trying to make sure some of our newer folks to movement work and also just any social justice issue. And we probably need to make sure we're uplifting this piece of like how conflict exists. Um, It's one thing to be on the moral side of things, but there's also a political and legal side. And so when we look at this issue um, in our communities, it's very moral. Um, We're looking at uh, what somebody knows and what somebody should know, what's good or bad, and it's always black and white. However, the the abortion issue is not black and white. We are learning that since enslavement, we can adjudicate law over people's bodies, and we've been knowing that for a long time, and that's what we're headed back to. Um, I'm not equating it to enslavement, but particular pieces of law can get us to a place where we will understand that law will adjudicate over our bodies. We're looking at abortion right now, but we're also looking at, in the same moment, what it means to be a queer person, what it means to be a trans person who's been attracted all over the law in many states. Um, We're also looking at mass incarceration. Um, We saw that come up with Blue Lives Matter bills, and that's essentially where um, our cross movement takes place with the Black Lives Matter movement. We're also a reproductive justice movement, which means we care about the way and when and how people want to care for a family and if they don't, um, and what self-determination looks like. And that's bodily autonomy. And so if you can diminish the person's right, their natural right over their bodily autonomy, you can pretty much control anything. And that's what they are looking for. They're looking for control. 
Um, there are some wayward, you know, conversations that also take place. You know, somebody's mad about their girlfriend. But I need us to look at the larger picture. We are utilizing the Supreme Court, the last law in the land, to dictate how and whom can adjudicate over somebody's body. What is also concerning is that many people <clears throat> do not look at quote unquote, taking the baby as a form of abortion. It's all a medical procedure performed by a medical profession and surgeon. And so um, the folks that are going to get hurt a lot are the people and the majority of people who go because they have a medical emergency. Um, and what takes place with that? We have people who are not doctors adjudicating over what is a medical emergency and how that medical emergency needs to be performed. I think what we're seeing in Kentucky is that as a trigger state, and that is a state that is ready to issue, issue a statewide legislation around a particular topic um, once the federal legislation has issued a topic um, and made it into law. Once Roe versus Wade becomes dismantled, we are a state that is ready to ban abortion. And we've already done so before the draft has was even presented. And so for two weeks here last month, we could not perform any abortions in the state, um, thanks to ACLU, who have um, gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with legislators for years and um, is ready with their legal teams all the time. They were able to put a juncture in, and that's where we're at right now, uh, on the legal front anyway. So uh, on another station, I listened to an interview yesterday mm. with gentleman i believe was from oklahoma legislator who's on the sponsor of their uh, draconian bills and uh and someone asked him uh uh well uh if you're going to mandate that the baby be born what about health care and taking care of what the baby needs uh throughout their life uh he just said that once the baby is born that's the responsibility of the parent that's what he said Right. And these are people who are claiming to be pro-life. So as we enter into the difficult part of this conversation, I didn't know that was going to happen too quickly. Um, we're looking at the conflict around what is right and what is wrong around um, aborting an unborn person. And people who choose to get an abortion are doing so because they can. Um, and they always had. This is not a new topic. Um, it is rather barbaric that we continue to keep talking about abortion as if it's this new dangerous thing but people who give birth have always um, gotten an abortion and for me it's always a health care issue um, whether it's mental health or wellness um, people are going to do what they need to do for their bodies and to take care of the rest of their family and their community what is astounding is white supremacy has now made it a tactic in controlling folks and in controlling mass incarceration, as well as what health care needs to be decided. When we talk about welfare in a country which employs a lot of labor but does not give that labor any benefits of its of its production is where we, we see the issue. And the issue in telling someone well, that's on your own. You can figure that out. You are controlling somebody's body first and then telling them that the state has no issue in like what you do afterwards. Then you should not have an issue in what happens during a pregnant person's body. So this same uh, legislator, um, a white man from Oklahoma, uh, as I recall, uh, 
He was also asked about, uh, you know, what about uh, rape victims and incest victims? And he just calmly said that, uh, well, uh, I didn't think that the, you know, the baby, which he classifies as a human being, should be punished. Uh, uh, you know, you said something to the effect about there being two victims and a perpetrator, and uh, uh, the, the baby should not be punished. And so... Uh, in other words, so the the usual objections to sort of uh, these bans on abortions, uh, the people who who proposing them, they just don't uh, uh, seem to care. Uh, you did mention something else too about white supremacy. That is everything I've read about it says that you know abortion was not a big issue in the country for most of the country's history. Mm -hmm. When the moral majority came along, and there was a sort of an effort to get "quote unquote" conservative religious people involved in politics, I mean the truth is that you know, Jerry Falwell and those kind of people, their first issue was they were against desegregation, and so when it became unfashionable uh, to spend a lot of energy being against desegregation. Another issue was needed to sort of motivate conservative religious people to come to the polls and 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 to be political. And abortion was chosen was chosen to sort of excite a certain segment of the population. Well, I don't think we need to um, still make it a, an issue that was introduced, right? Because we had already had um, COVID brain. Uh, I was going to say genetics. That's not what I mean. You know what I'm talking about? You're talking about, uh, you're talking about how uh, eugenics, you're talking eugenics, about yes, and thank how you. in the United States, yes. a lot of what Hitler and the Nazi party adopted Theories of eugenics and that sort of thing came from the United States. Yes, uh, came from Stellenbosch. Like, let's go all the way back. Stellenbosch, South Africa, is where we began the historical um, introduction of eugenics as an educational piece. We also have Australia um, and many scholars. I guess we can call them scholars of white supremacy, studying how you can erase a, a Aborigine people off the planet if you just procreate with them. And so, yes, the manufacturers of of what breeding and eugenics looks like take place in America because they can afford it. Um, I think in those other countries, you have so much revolution that took place. And for white supremacy, it means bloody and violent um, that the advancements take place. It doesn't mean that racism, a tactic of white supremacy was erased. It does mean that these different places were able to experiment with different pieces of systemic um, genocide. And that's what we're looking at today. Um, that movement through eugenics of sterilizing and operating and experimenting on black and brown women not only continued with that group of people, but then it went into continuing with poor folks as well. And so during that time that you speak of, we still had those underground spaces for white women to go to to have an abortion. We still have those other underground spaces for white women to go have an abortion or elite folks to go have an abortion. Where we are making this a controversial and moral issue is for, for folks who are the working class, people whose labor that they use to gain 
um, a foundation for their wealth off of. I mean, this is the major piece that needs to be established because all these lawmakers have no stake in any place of welfare or any organization that supports poor, underprivileged folks and impacted people. They are very much the same people who moved to use incar- move mass incarceration, Koch brothers, Alex, and all of these people who are making it hard for folks to get housing, food, um, and just to go see their folks in jail. So um, what we... What we do want people to understand is the organizations that came together, Party for Socialism and Liberation, PSL, um, Sister Song, which is a black-led reproductive justice national organization, um, coined reproductive justice, as well as um, Black Lives Matter Louisville and the other Black Lives Matter chapters in the nation who perform reproductive justice. Kentucky Health Justice Network, even Sexy Sex Ed are taking a lot of heat for a lot of the the work that is taking place at the grassroots level within our communities Um, and having to do a lot of impacted folks education. While we do see some grass tops organizations, not so much in those spaces. So we're missing a key piece of like what is taking place in our communities. At the height of Corona, we see uh, an astronomical amount of domestic violence. Anytime you stuffing people in houses or taking jobs away, you're going to see that. And so that didn't mean that abortion was going to diminish. What did happen was a lot of violence that um, is domestic violence, sexual violence, assault. And so at the during this time and with the help of Trumpism, this entire notion that like corporatism could rule over nations and stuff, being a small nation state, that's what corporatism is. Now we have folks scared to even go get an abortion and they're risking their mental health um, to be in a domestic violence situation or to have a child. So that's why I said most of this is all about health care because we are not even looking at what takes place afterwards. We're ready to lock that person up that's, that's the abuser. We're ready to shun the accuser. And we're not um, willing to like take care of these families and these people who either choose to have children or not to have children um, and what, ta- what takes place next. So our entire goal is really making sure that we build an unsettling force of people who are very much educated around what is taking place. Um, We need to stay away from arguments that do not serve the purpose or the cause of education, political education, and then making sure we're doing some supportive roles in solidarity economy, which is mutual aid. Um, Become an abortion doula. It takes nothing just to support and accommodate somebody going through an abortion and just checking in on them. Um, Join a local housing and justice team to make sure that people are having adequate housing and that we really cancel the rent. I think we really forgot about that once rent was being paid. We love when the money hits, but we forget that the money doesn't last long at all. And they're always going to dangle money over our heads like carrots. Um, We're also looking at like If you want to take up policy, it's more than just go out and vote. That GOTV clause is is getting a bit old. We need people to run. We need people to to pull it up and let's get some education and get out there and take these seats because that is where the decisions are being made. We're also looking at like how can people get access to safe abortions when this ban takes place? Um, While we know that a lot of it is going to cause way more incarceration if you help somebody to go get an abortion, like we just saw in Texas, woman got an abortion, they threw her in jail. She did get out. But are we willing to make sure that we have the legal support um, and also the post support to take place when those things happen? So, um, 
of course, this decision, uh, you know, may sometimes soon come out of the United States Supreme Court. So what about Joe Biden expanding, that is President Joe Biden expanding the Supreme Court? I don't think too much about Joe Biden, period. But um, I'm not for sure that that's the answer anyway. Um, the Supreme Court is still this very much uh, heavy seat of overseers, and that's exactly what they do. And I know that we're very much happy that the Supreme Court is getting integrated. And I think for reformists, it, it makes sense to them that we take these baby steps, but these baby steps are still um, producing systemic um gentrification and with that i just mean there is always going to be segregation that takes place in any institution in america while we are still um, adhering to like white men and their laws so if we expand the supreme court it does nothing to lower impacted people's fight against mass incarceration food apartheid um, housing displacement and abandonment um, what are we going to do about those things so people can even exist and i think that's a way more important question than like if they roll back these acts and these pieces of legis legislation that don't even adhere to the majority of us, um, are they going to be able to support those things that happen at the state level? It's such a very much complicated mess. I think settling for one piece or the other is going to make things dangerous. I wish he would just do the most rogue thing and just make these things into law. Ah, yes. Yeah, so, yes. Because since the Democratic Party has the majority in both houses, at least for the next 15 minutes, uh, 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 why don't they just do that? That's what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, you got you got a Democratic president, you got a Democratic Senate and you got a Democratic House. What's keeping you? That's what, yeah, what's keeping pretty you? much yeah. pretty much. And I, and I absolutely mean that we already have it. They can't overturn it. They can't veto so just go ahead and make it into law. Make the voting um, rights into law. We should not have to continue to keep exercising and fighting for voting rights. Make abortion into law. It just doesn't make any sense that we are still holding on to this. We know that this GOP party of today wants to ratify that constitution for their benefit and for corporatism. Put in the, the measures that prevent that that absolutely prevent that and listen to everybody right majority of americans do not actually care for this abortion argument because it's taking up too much space and so six out of ten people npr just reported um actually do are in favor of a law um across the f nationally for abortion i couldn't get that out <laughs> so uh so, well there you go so uh so, yes, so folks, what we've heard from Chanel Ham on on that issue, more much more can be said. Uh, but while we have Chanel here, Chanel, would you like to spend a few minutes on a, on a local issue we have here in Louisville where we have the uh, what I call the jail crisis coalition, but mm. what the official name is the stakeholders against death at Louisville Metro. Department of Corrections. Absolutely. I know that's long. And for internally, we just call ourselves LMDC stakeholders against um, the injustice partners. Um, yeah. So we've since had deaths, <laughs> uh, a, a series of deaths at the at the quote unquote new jail uh, in a very short period of time. And so people in community are concerned. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, jail directors re retire and we've got a new director. So, Chanel, bring us up to date. So, um, 
initially three people passed away in the jail um, at the end of November. Um, and since then, several partners came together, um, a few folks holding press conferences. But we meet every Monday um, just to touch base about where we've been at and what needs to disappear and what needs to absolutely happening. Um, I can for sure say, um, and this is coming from our set of folks, grassroots folks, Black Lives Matter Louisville, Louisville Community Bail Fund, um, all of us are none, and a few other grassroots organization, that there is absolutely a cover-up taking place over the deaths of these people in this jail. Uh, we meet with folks in authority, and they want to talk about data and what can't be accomplished, um, and they're just not willing to do any of those things. And so um, instead of actually talking about the people who have died, look, I understand that like people commit crime for whatever reasons, but people are just not just um, throwaway. And so um, it, they have really made these individuals seem like they're not important at all, but they were important to somebody, whether it, it was family or friends or just other folks they shared the streets with or they shared other spaces with. Um, and every life deserves a bit of dignity. And so um, they have erased that for these folks. Um, several of them dying of overdoses in jail um and then two of them three we assume suicide um there should be a screening underneath the current contract of what issues folks have as they reach the jail whether it's drugs health whatever and that was bypassed and not done with this statement that they don't have enough labor they have enough people in each role to get the job done when they come to work. So the jail does not operate without certain people in those positions. It means that you have the people's in, people in those positions. The other case is um, not so much due to overcrowding, but the ratio to the folks that work in the jail is not correct either. Um, we've also seen the departure of uh, what's Dwayne's last name? Was it Clark? Yeah, Dwayne Clark. And that is just an excusable um, measure because he's not the only person that's in charge of what takes place in the, the Metro Corrections Institution. Um, there are several people who are in charge of Metro Corrections Institution and then those adjudicating institutions that are adjacent to it, like the courts um, and also the police. None of them are working in tandem with each other, um, but in tandem in different conversations that we aren't privy to, but continue to keep telling us, oh, we're talking. Um, the city is in lightweight tandem with them, especially with the last bit of um, information that they gave that, you know, they're going to scan packages and stuff. We know absolutely that the people who are overdosing in jail did not get drugs through any packages. Um, we also know that if somebody was to commit suicide in a single cell, that would be really pretty unaccomplishable. And so um, the measures there should have been taken to like scope him for mental ill health. If that's what they're saying, they're doing the same thing with Stephanie Durham, who died. Um, and it's been really complicated. So what we're looking forward to with our four demands, um, creating amnesty that will take place in June, hopefully. Um, and we're looking at 14,000 people having their cases totally dismissed and some people who have um, some other cases um, raised up so that they can get those taken care of. And all of us are down to support to make sure that the target of incarceration is removed from these folks. We're also looking at um, what does it mean for that city's, um, what do you call that, the commission 
oversight, whatever board they didn't, it ain't even oversight. Uh, the police accountability council or whatever it is. Oh, uh, the, the, the citizens police accountability board. Yes. That, mm. um, to, <laughs> to see if they could, um, have some type of adjudication over what is taking place because it's clear that there is not a group of folks actually watching the jail and what they're doing. It's just like the police. We're willing to tell them to, to correct their own mistakes. Um, but in that, trying to find folks who would be on that council or extending their power, we've been examining the WellPath contract and finding all type of um, slip-ups and, and just holes in the entire piece. That's the health care contract for the jail because they've privatized the health care uh, for the jail, and uh, it's not working too well. It's not working at all. Um, and uh, we plan on making sure that... Um, there's a there has to be an address of what it means for folks to be incarcerated at the jail level and why they're still in there. I know so many people are lifting up the bail issue with the bail movement, um, but our issue in Louisville is not bail. Our issue are judges. Our issue are, are patrolling law enforcement. And there are just certain people who should not be in jail for the crimes that they are committing um, while we try to figure out like what that looks like for violent crimes. Um, if folks believe in abolition, then they have to understand that abolition means the non-existence of the systems that are in place now. Those things are um, harming everybody and jail is one of them. So what are we willing to do if we're willing to pay all these people to oversee a jail, all these people to work in and outside and with the court, all these people at LMD, I mean, at LMPD and other areas, where could we put that money at? Where could we put those funding towards? Right. And so this is a, a big call for us that are grassroots organizations around defunding the police um, and defunding other areas that need to go to preventative measures and spaces where community organizations are really supporting these individuals. Um, there's not a city organization that actually supports people post-release. Um, there are all community organizations. And I know a lot of people like to throw up nonprofit, but a lot of people do this individually as well. And so what does it look like if we were to fund those folks doing this work before people get in trouble or before people take a drastic measure to like get their needs met? And all of it is a work in progress. It's also really exhausting um, and frustrating because you have to continue to keep holding people who are paid and elected by our, our folks um, accountable who want to ignore that we have a crisis at LMDC. Well, I, I will say it's a, a tribute to the Louisville activist community that I've, in Louisville's sort of role in sort of the activist uh, world in the state of Kentucky that Louisville is actually able to put something together to for instance on abortion rights that is we have people here that are willing to put something together on short notice uh, to make a statement on that issue and, and to be active on it and also people are willing to come together on a weekly basis to deal with a, a serious local issues which is you know deaths in the local jail and all the issues that are related to it uh so it's it's and and of course louisville is sort of expected to 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 make a statement on these important issues i was at the uh event wednesday mm -hmm. and there was a young lady who who drove all the way from somerset kentucky to be a part of the event here 
because in all likelihood, she didn't have an event in Somerset to go to. Mm-hmm. And so she drove, got in a hopped in her car and came up here. And, and what we'd like to say with folks who want to stand in solidarity around issues is that it absolutely starts in your intimate community and where you are. Um, and while many folks may not know what that looks like or they are probably intimidated by some of the folks that are in their intimate community, um, all it takes is just one bold action. Um, maybe you're holding an educational piece. Um, those are very light green actions to take. Maybe you're just holding a community conversation. It's still an awareness piece and it still helps somebody else be able to move this work forward. And then, you know, taking it up a notch is to make sure. And Chanel help will help you. If you want to get something going right back in your home. I know, right? They call Chanel will help you. I, I absolutely do. That's why she's here. <laughs> I absolutely do. Um, helping people learn how to organize where they are learn how to engage with elected officials. They are not remote to you. They are not um, far away from us. They are just like us. Um, and they are not somebody that they, I don't want to say untouchable. Folks, um, we've been here with Chanel Helm. Yeah. And we want to thank her so much for coming on short notice to be with her, be with us here today. Chanel, thank you. Thank you.